Good morning. I would like to welcome you all to the Springfield Church of the Brethren. It is July 25th for those at home. <clears throat> we welcome you as well. I have a few announcements this morning. We will also be having the bread and cup communion later on in the service. The newsletter deadline. <clears throat> All of this is also in your bulletin, so if you want to follow along. Newsletter deadline, the information deadline for the August newsletter is this Tuesday, July 27th. If you want anything in the bulletin, um, you need to turn that in by Thursday, so Becky, our secretary, can get that out in the bulletin. We have <clears throat> hands that are needed for bag stuffing for the back to school blast, which is this, the stuffing is Wednesday, July 28th at 9 a.m. And they still need some items, uh, the easy tents, the ones that go up real easy, that's what they say, cornhole games, and large coolers. So if you have any of those and you're willing to donate those for the day, um, just let one of the members know, Becky Bertoff, Christy, Christine Klein, Renee Hatherell, or Don Connor. While I'm talking about that, we also need you to, if you are volunteering for district conference, you need to get a registration in, uh, mainly so you can get uh, your food order in. So if you get that signed up, you do not have to pay for any of it. You just need to be registered so they know what to have for you. And once you get that filled out, again, Becky Bertoft, Christine Klein, Renee Hatherill, or Don Connor. The Zoom Bible study this week for the 27th is canceled as we see Pastor Andrew is a little busy. Church softball today, if you like watching softball, it's a good day to go because we will be having four games. We had a rain out, so we have double headers, so it's exciting. Uh, Sunday school, it starts at 9.30 every morning downstairs in the fellowship hall. Uh, we're going through the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew chapters 5 through 7. All are encouraged. Please come and join us. Arts and Crafts from Camp Inspiration Hills Peace Online Auction. Your deadline for registration is tomorrow, July 26th. Please see the flyer on the back table. And the Back to School Blast itself is Sunday, August 1st. And contributions are welcome to finance the Back to School Blast. And make your checks payable out to the church and place in the offering. Okay, so make it out to SCOB. As we turn the page, the kids' closet will also be on August 1st, the same day as the Back to School Blast. <clears throat> we are still in need of clothing donations and monetary support. So keep this outreach program in your prayers. Choir will be starting back up. Uh, September 2nd is the first practice, 7 p.m. at the church. They would love to have your voices in there. We also need volunteers to serve in the worship as we get back to what we call normal of old, where we had acolytes coming up during the prelude. If anyone is willing of any age, just uh, Christine Klein, no, yeah, or me, somehow. There's a calendar on the back table if you want to sign up for that or just talk to Christine. She'd love to hear from you. Yes. Very good. If you want to do Acolyte, but you do not want to be on TV or video or on the internet whatsoever, we can put a different screen up. Just let Dawn know if you're doing that volunteer service, and you will not be seen other than within the church. For district conference, there's a copy of the conference agenda with the Constitution and bylaws on the back table for you to view. The prayer chain contact person we thank Bonnie for all of her work that she has done as she steps down. 
Uh, Pastor Andrew will be taking over along with uh, Becky Eby. The times in there are for Becky. That's when she's in the office, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9.30 to 2.30. If you are still willing to do special music until the choir starts, please sign up on the back table or see Christine Klein or Janice Myler. The flower calendar is also on the back table, so if you have an opportunity and you want to sign up for um, giving flowers in honor of or any special occasion that you think somebody would like flowers, just sign up on the back table. Our recycling bin that's outside, uh, they are uh, paying us more in July and August and September, so if you have your papers and you're waiting for a good time to turn them in, these are the three months it's a good time. Our picnic and ice cream social will be Sunday, September 12th, right after church. Are there any announcements that I missed? Let's move into a time of sharing our, our joys and those concerns that we have. Becky's asking for continued prayers for Robin. She has six more treatments to go through, and she did get to go to the beach. It wiped her out a little bit, but still had a good time. We want to keep Gail in our prayers for traveling mercies as she goes to see Scott, the grandson, and it's a th almost three-hour trip, and she's going there and back, so she needs lots of traveling mercies. Let us center our hearts and minds as Bev plays the prelude.
if you'll join me for the call to worship. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father God, we come to you this morning. We have all these things to be thankful for that we even woke up. The dew on the ground and the light rain to water the flowers and the grass of the fields so the animals have something to eat and the birds have something to nest in as the trees grow and the leaves grow. Father, we give you praise for all that we have and all that we see. We thank you for all of that. In your name we pray. Amen. If you turn with me to the hymnal, number 106, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Will you pray with me? Father God, we have those in our midst that are hurting. We have those that are healing. We pray for Robin as she has six more treatments with this chemo. We just pray that you just take it away from her even before that sixth one is done. Lord, we pray for mercies as Gail travels to see her family. Lord, we pray for Pastor Andrew and the family, Lauren and Grace, as they are with their family. We pray for those that are in the bulletin, Mark, Sandra, Elaine, Dave, Dee, Josie, Pat, Meredith, Janice, Shirley, Brian, Bonnie, Cindy and Barry, Jackie, Scott, Tracy, and Eric. We also pray for those that are not on our list that we know that are around that are hurting. Father, we know you can heal them. We know that you can stand beside them while they're hurting. We just pray at this time that you will be there holding them up, using us as crutches to give them strength.
Father, we also have joys in this life. As Gail prays for her traveling mercies, she gets to see her family. Lord, as the Boswell family has grown and it's official and they have gone and celebrated them, we welcome them back. We've had new life in the church and we celebrate each new day. Lord, we have so many joys to be thankful for. Each day that we wake up, we breathe air in. We want to breathe out giving you thanks. These things we pray in your name. Amen. Father, I want to pray again. We give thanks at this time as we give the doxology. We praise God from whom all blessings flow. We know the offering plate may be in the back of the church, but that doesn't mean we can't bring it to the altar through our prayers. We thank each and every one for the gift that they give as they give as a thankful, cheerful giver. It is the blessings that you have bestowed upon us that we give back to the church and those around that the church's gifts go to. We thank you for all of this and each one here. Amen. If you'll turn with me to Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 30. People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to enter eternal life? Inherit eternal life, sorry. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for, such, for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Peter said to him, we have left all we had to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will failed to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. If you'll turn in your hymnals to 341, Jesus Loves Me.
In the book of Luke, these teachings come just after the parable of the two men who went up to the temple to pray. And Jesus tells us in verse 14 that the tax collector went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. People were also bringing babies to have Jesus touch them. Now, in that day, it was customary for the women to bring her children to the rabbi for a blessing. So they weren't doing anything out of the ordinary. They were just doing what they saw as customary for Jews. But the disciples rebuked them. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly why, and there are some theories. Number one, disciples thought they were unworthy of the master's time. Jesus is way too important. He's doing way too many things to waste his time blessing children. That's what any rabbi can do. Hopefully you don't take option one. Option two, they thought other things going on were more important. He's out there teaching people. That's more important than praying over babies. Kind of the same thing. Number three, Jesus should be spending his time with important leaders and the devout because this was the way to improve his position. Worldly things. Do you chase after worldly things? I don't think Jesus chased after worldly things, but the disciples may have thought he should. He's already talked about his death twice, and upcoming is a third time after this teaching. So if he gains power with all the political leaders and everybody, shouldn't that help him along the way? I didn't say they were good theories. I just said they were theories. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Now, children's minds are a little different than ours. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. If you haven't been around kids, maybe you should spend a little more time around them. I know when my kids were young, we would go bowling. And in the bowling alley, while we were waiting, there was a foosball table. We loved playing foosball together. So one Christmas, I'm dead set on getting a foosball table so we can play this all the time because it's so much fun there. It should be that much fun at home. So we spend all this money, and back in the day, it was a lot of money for a really good table that would last. So I wanted it to be something special. So as they got the foosball table, they opened the box, and they played with the box, and they played with the box, and they kept playing with the box. And at some point, we did play foosball, and then they got the box back out. For me, it just brought back memories. We'd get a refrigerator or something big, you'd take the box and I had a nice little hill and I would get in that box and it would protect me and I could roll down the hill and never get hurt. Daylight to dark, I'd go play with the box until it fell apart. We also think that what's inside the box that we give as gifts is something extra special. We, as the giver, think what's inside is the gift. The children see the entire gift, and they're thankful and grateful for what it is. It's something they enjoy. The box was more enjoyable than what the actual gift was. We can sit there and look at it in some different, strange way. But in essence, God gives us gifts, and he has purpose for each one of those gifts. We as humans give gifts sometimes for different purposes. I wanted to have fun with my kids. I gave a gift so I could be involved. They received the gift of the box so they could slide down the stairs and not hurt themselves so much. 
being a good dad, I put cushions at the bottom so they didn't go through the wall, which they did later when they grew up. <laughs> to feel secure, kids need to feel loved. They need to trust the person who is their parent, adult, the one looking after them. They also put their faith in them, that they will always be there and they will never leave. That's how we have to have a childlike faith, to believe in God because he loves us. Verse 18, a certain ruler. <clears throat> Being a ruler means you have power, money, distinction, responsibilities. You take your worldview. This is what I am. This is what I have. And it's all because God blessed me with them. Yes, he gave you the abilities. You gained all these things. Are you truly blessed? Your mindset, if it's not like a child. You worship all these things that you have. And it's so hard to give them up. Now you could be a business owner. You could be a foreman. You could have any good paying job that has authority over people. That's your security in life. What happens if you have to give that up? Switch jobs. It's happened quite a bit with COVID going on. People lost their jobs because they were just let go. It's not because they were a bad worker or anything else like that. How many of us took that and put our faith in God? He will guide us through. He will protect us. He will love us. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's saying he believes in heaven, but wants to know how to earn it or buy it. He wants that guarantee on the box. I will get into heaven. Here it is. This is how you do it. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. Jesus is setting the stage for him. You know and I know that Jesus is God. But did this man know? Did he call him good because he believed he was God? In verse 20, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your mother and father. Now, if you notice these commandments, that are the six commandments that have to do with loving other people. Are you truly helping others? That's more what Jesus is asking. He's not asking if you follow these commandments. And being a rich ruler, he may have been the same as the Pharisees who did all the other rules that they lived by that they didn't break because they were devout, worshiping God. In essence, it doesn't bring you to a closer relationship to those around you. That's what Jesus is saying. The rich ruler replies, all these I have kept since I was a boy. By saying this, the ruler is calling himself good like he called Jesus good. By his own standards, he is calling himself worthy of eternal life. For all we know, the ruler kept all the commandments and maybe even the rules of the Pharisees. And we don't know his motives either. In verse 22, Jesus said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give the money to the poor and you will have riches in heaven then come follow me. 
And there's the answer. Jesus described to him what this man had to do to inherit eternal life. Give up the idols that he had within his money and his wealth and his power. Go back to that childlike attitude where he has faith in God to deliver him through. And then to follow Jesus. To learn from him so Jesus can be the guide to show him eternal life. The ruler was very sad because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Is there anything you possess that you don't want to give up? If you... Wreck your car or somebody wrecks into it. Is it the end of the world? If somebody wants to borrow your car, do you let them? Well, what happens if you wreck it? Are you, is your insurance going to cover it? Are you going to pay for the damages? What happens, are you going to be able to get a rental car while the car's down being worked on? Your neighbor asked you for a favor. If you're more worried about the car than helping your neighbor, it kind of tells you where your heart is. Proverbs 11:28. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. In verse 26, those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? If this ruler who has all these blessings and follows the commandments cannot get into the kingdom of God, who can? Is he talking to each and every one of us? I have to sell everything I have and give it up so I can get the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes we read the Bible in that fashion. We have different letters, the epistles that Paul wrote. He's writing to one specific church. The failures of one church does not necessarily mean another church has the same failures. This man had the failure of not having a childlike faith to believe in Christ, to follow him, because he is everything. He depended on his money, his wealth, and his power. He had the security within himself. What must I do to gain eternal life? Do I have to sell everything I have too? Jesus replied, What is impossible with men is possible with God. People cannot be saved by their own efforts, but only by salvation that comes from God's grace. It is that free gift, the gift that we willingly accept, even though it costs so much. We don't have to pay it back. There's nothing we can do to earn it. Then Peter steps in and says to him, We left all we had to follow you. And Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. No one who has left home or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come. Eternal life. We sometimes give up things to follow Christ. We may leave friends or family, but we gain a new and better church family. There are some families that do not believe in Christ. For you to come and follow Christ means you have to leave that family. But if you look around, you gain much more. 
if you leave your job and you believe in Christ, he will give you security if you left for the right reasons. You will make it through. Do not dwell on what you have given up. Think about what you have gained and give thanks for it. You can never outgive God. Zane C. Hodges says in his book, Absolutely Free, if the rich ruler really could have earned righteousness by obedience to the law and selling all he had, there would have been no need for the cross, and Christ would have died in vain. The rich young ruler <clears throat> lacked faith. He lacked faith in the good teacher as God's son, the giver of eternal life, and his guide for living. Eternal life is not a reward or something you earn. It is a gift from God to the faithful believer. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Eternal life belongs to those who have a faithful, childlike heart. Please pray with me. Father God, we thank you for everything that you give us. We thank you that you are there. We thank you that we can put our trust and our faith in you. You are an awesome, glorious, mighty, and powerful God. Praise be to you, for we follow you. We give up everything to be your disciples. In the end, you give us the grace, the salvation, eternal life. And again, we thank you. Amen. We come now to the time of our bread and cup communion. As we prepare to come to the Lord's table, we reflect on our reasons for thanksgiving, faith, penitence, and love. In this time of silence, we remember the Christ who called us to break bread with one another and we thoughtfully examine the state of our faithfulness and our unity with his body. All of us who are in love and fellowship in the family of God, who do truly and earnestly repent of our sins, who humbly put our trust in Christ and who desire his help that we might walk in newness of life are invited to draw near to God 
and receive this holy communion to our comfort through Jesus Christ, our Lord. As you take the bread out of the bag, everyone has the bread and cup. Luke tells us that Jesus <clears throat> took a loaf of bread, and when he gave thanks, he broke it and gave it <clears throat> to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Pray with me. Holy God, we pray your blessing on the sacred symbol of Christ's broken body. May we receive and partake of this bread in faith. Recalling the life and death of Jesus Christ, increasing your gratitude and your obedience. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. As we eat this bread, may we affirm our faith in words first spoken by Christians many centuries ago. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. We are told that Jesus said, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And we are reminded, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Pray with me. Holy and loving God, we pray your blessing upon this sacred symbol of the blood of Jesus the Christ. Our hearts are lifted in thanksgiving for love poured out. As in faith we drink this cup, may your forgiveness and your divine spirit be poured afresh into our lives through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As we take the cup, In humble thanksgiving and joy for life, so freely given, repeat after me the words of faith. The cup which we bless is the communion of the blood of Christ. Oh God, you are never far from us. You reach out and touch us through your spirit, through symbols, and through the hands of those we love. We are deeply grateful to have a place at your table and to share in this sacred food. By your grace, may we continue our pilgrimage, carrying into all of life the saving love of the Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. If you'll turn in your hymnal to 423, <clears throat> may the grace of Christ our Savior.
As we have partaken with the communion and we remember God's body and his blood that was so freely given to us on the cross, may we, re may we receive it with faith like a childlike, as a childlike heart would. Lord, we have so many things to be thankful for, and one of those is our church family. Those things that we may give up in the regular world, we have gained so much in following you. Let us pray together. Father God, we thank you. We give praise to you. We honor you. Sometimes we need humbled. The faith that we have in you, we want it to be like a child, lovingly embracing you without the worry of what's going on in this world. Father God, we give thanks to you for all that we have and all that you give us. Amen.